This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. McLean's Magazine on AMI-audio is continuing their series, Predictions for the Year Ahead 2024. This week's show is covering a few of my favorite topics, health, politics, and education. There are a bunch of predictions, so content curator Don Dickinson is picking out some of the best highlights to share with you. Hey, good morning, Don. Hi there, Dave. I thought you'd be interested in these three topics. <laughs> I always am. Don, th- this like this particular edition of McLean's Magazine has offered so much juice to squeeze from the fruit over the last three weeks. Like It is remarkable how thorough and in-depth this particular edition of the magazine was. It's got to make your job as a content curator actually a little bit tough because there's so much to pick from. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I was saying earlier that it's just jam-packed this issue because it's a whole 2024 predictions issue and it covers all kinds of topics and uh, they've gone to real experts in the field that's the real key you know people who really know their stuff so it's not just some random uh, journalist (laughs) editorializing you know we're talking about expert opinion here not just some random dave brown picking things out of the (laughs) sky uh don let's begin with the health field mclean's is predicting that hospitals are going to be getting a helping hand from drones. What are they predicting? Yeah, well, uh, this is surprising because uh, they're going to basically be following uh, places like India and Rwanda. Rwanda was a real surprise and the United States and beginning uh, to begin shuffling medical uh, samples by drones in 2024. The, uh, The goal is to speed up turnaround times for lab results. That's something we all you know, we're fond of, uh, which has been lagging since the pandemic. Uh, Two hospitals in Ontario's Halton region are testing a drone system that transports blood samples and urine cultures back and forth while bypassing Toronto traffic. <laughs> yeah, don't you don't you wish you could bypass Toronto traffic? I mean, that's why I live in North York. <laughs> All right, Don, staying on the health file, research on psychedelic therapy is expanding. How does McLean see that playing out in Canada? Yeah, well, there was some real surprises here too, Dave. Um, Obviously, psychedelics continue to march out of the darkness. They're now discovering that, you know, they can be of great benefit. Uh, They don't have the real bugaboo kind of, uh, you know, like feeling that they had in past years. And the federal government has now spent $3 million last year studying the benefits of uh, psilocybin therapy for addiction and depression. And Alberta, this blew me away, Dave. Alberta is leading the way. with the medical use of psychedelics. Last November, uh, a Senate subcommittee urged the government to study them as a treatment for PTSD in veterans and clinics that uh, that can legally administer uh, psilocybin therapy are steadily sprouting across the country. So that's really 
that's great. I mean, you know, now that we're discovering that they're helpful, why not? Yeah, do the research, right? That that was one of the things about the health benefits of cannabis for years and years. You had to do the research, right? You you can't just sort of say it colloquially or anecdotally. You you have to do the research, and that's got to start somewhere. And research costs money. Yeah, exactly. So they've made that commitment now, and it looks like, uh, as I say, that they're going to make more of a commitment in the future. Uh, Don, was the choice of the word sprout an intentional pun there, or was it an unintentional <laughs> pun? Of course it's intentional. Of course. <laughs> deliberate. Everything is deliberate. Okay, Don, over to the politics category 2024 is going to feature an American presidential election. It already seems very clear that Donald Trump is going to win the Republican nomination and is certainly a strong contender to potentially win the election. So what does McLean's think that could mean for Canada? Oh, Dave, I don't even like to venture on this one. I'm so disgusted by the fact that he might even have a chance, you know. But anyhow, should Donald Trump or another ultra-conservative prospect win in November, uh, Canada might expect an influx of political refugees. I can understand that. Increased economic and diplomatic isolation and a rise in far-right movements um, on home soil, believe it or not. Too bad about that. Uh, Foreign uh, Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie has said the Trudeau government is uh, readying a plan for uh, varying scenarios. I love that, eh? So Oof. basically, they're just prepping that and hoping and hoping and hoping. <laughs> yeah, last week uh, during the uh, the cabinet retreat, they, they announced plans to form a Team Canada specifically tasked with maintaining the trade relationship because that is that is one of the concerns. You already saw it in the previous Trump presidency. There was, uh, there, there wasn't just an attempt to tear up NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, they did tear it up and had to sign the new one, USMECA. So there's the possibility of some protectionism popping up uh, depending on the outcome of the election. And you can tell that's where the federal government is, is already putting plans in place to say the trade relationship is important, they're our biggest trade partner, and therefore we need to be ready to advocate and make a business case for the trade relationship that sort of like goes aside from just like the politics of it all, but the economics of it all. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's a it's a fine line between circling the wagons and opening up. <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to. Uh, what do they say about keeping your your enemies closer than your friends, or something to that effect? You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the United States. We've done. You know, as you say, we've they're our biggest partner, and uh, we want to have good relations with them, but we also don't want to be squished. You know. Yeah, so precisely. All right, Don, over to education. McLean says that modular classrooms will be the new portables in school settings. Don, this requires some distinction. When they say a modular classroom, what makes that uh, different in comparison to a portable? Well, of course, we all, well, I shouldn't say we all, I'm just going by my age group, but a lot of us grew up with portables because, of course, there was a huge expansion in the population in in, uh, in schools, and a lot of us had to, you know, throw on the old parkas and trudge out to the portables because, <laughs> because the schools were absolutely jam-packed. But this new one, uh, this new idea is to make modular um, 
units. And essentially, the main difference is that a modular classroom is made up of a number of bays to create a larger space. It's built off-site from the actual school uh, building, but delivered in single units and then installed on-site to create a, a bigger building. There's designed to be permanent structures, but can be moved if needed. And basically, this is a, a, a something that's been happening in, in cottage country for a while now, mm -hmm, Dave. Mm -hmm. uh, we've even seen it when we've been up at the farm is that a lot of people, they don't want to go to the huge expense of, of getting a uh, full-scale house built. So they're buying these modular units, uh, these portable buildings, and they're putting it on the land that they own. And then as the money uh, comes uh, to them, you know, as their finances allow, and as their families grow, they can add other modular units. I think it is a fabulous idea. Yeah, it's uh, not it's not just the classroom here too. This is something that could be utilized more on the housing front, not just in cottage country, but across the board too in terms of speed and quality. And that's the thing, quality is an important word here. Modular does not mean cheap. It just means it goes up fast. It's prefab, it's pre-designed. It's uh, definitely an interesting idea. Hey Don, on the way out the door here, I want to ask you the daily poll question. Not sure if you heard it in the first segment of the show at Accessible Media on X at Accessible Media Inc on Facebook. Jenny Bovard is going to be talking about this in about 20 minutes on the show. The rise of robot restaurants. More Canadian restaurants are using robots to prepare food. Don, would you eat at a robot-run restaurant? Geez, Dave. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, considering that uh, people have, well, particularly since the pandemic, people have really restricted themselves about going out to restaurants. So when I go out to a restaurant now, it it has to be pretty decent, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, because mm -hmm. because it is a, a treat, right? It's no longer that you know that you're going out all the time. So I don't think so. I mean, yes, if it's just really like a quickie McDonald's, something like that, I can see where it's uh, very automated and it just, you know, yeah. no big deal, right? But I think if you're going to go and make the effort to, you know, have a night out with your with your family and friends, you want a little something special. And I don't know how special it is if a robot's throwing it together on a grill, you know? <laughs> yeah, the, the human connection and the nature of art when it comes to food. You, you can't lose that. That Food is not simply an assembly line, especially in the context of opening up the wallet and, like you say, spending a bit more. It, it It's tough to totally reconcile the idea of having a robot do that because it just means that everything becomes more prefabricated in our lives and you know prefabricated housing is one thing but prefabricated food's a little bit different and the other thing is dave if you think about it when you tip you tip for service but you also tip for good food right yeah. so <laughs> who, who are you tipping oh d d you better believe that question is coming up with jenny later in the show it's like you read my mind don dickinson oh, there you go. hey don thank you for this have a lovely day have a great weekend talk to you next week Okie doke, Dave. Bye-bye. That's content curator Don Dickinson. You can catch McLean's Magazine weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-audio. Coming up after the break, Canada has announced that it's not ready to extend medical assistance in dying to people whose only medical condition is a mental health disorder. Reporter Megan Gilmore has been all over this story for years and has the latest. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv.
Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.